Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. It's pretty bad. It might be the worst in the NFL. I think you're more generous than I'm going to be. Yeah. That, it, go D? I'm going to go straight D. I <laughs> take that out of context. <laughs> Cut it. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Do we figure it out, guys? Where are we at? Do we figure 2. out? 2.3, Jim. 2.3. All righty. That's our GPA for the show, or is that the Packers' offensive GPA? Uh, no, the offensive is 2.0, and their overall between the two is 2.3. And for those of you keeping track at home, 2.3 is lower than my high school GPA. <laughs> I, I wonder, I, I feel like my, so we were on a 12-point scale at my school, but essentially I was right about where Strofe is, give or take a point or two. I mean, not like in my 12-point scale. So, like, maybe it was a C plus, C minus. But regardless, not great. Uh, Matt, where were you? C's or so D's. We're, we are a, C's or D's. We are a show of achievers. Like, we barely achieve. We just, <laughs> whatever the bare minimum is, we do just a little bit more than that. <sighs> Academically. Yeah, yeah. I I, I put forth a lot more effort in the professional world than I did in my academic life. Are you, are well, you sure about believe that? Believe it or not. Professional 70% attendance rate. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is about that better than my high school average. <laughs> oh, God, we should bring one of Matt's teachers on. Oh, no, please don't. Who, who was your favorite teacher in high school? Probably my percussion teacher, Mr. He- Mr. Heilman, or a- any of the band teachers were the best. Big drummer guy. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing drums. I mean, here's the thing. It's something that it was like, there's always Giant a different man. instrument to play. So it was he like, is. it was very stimulating when it, you had to go like play snare drum for like three bars and then you had to run over, hit the triangle, <laughs> and then you had a couple parts on like... You know what I mean? Wait all in one song. You got to play all the instruments. So it was, yeah, that was definitely like the right the right music uh, spot for me. Learning one instrument, I would not have been able to hack you're, it. You're telling me you played the triangle in high school? Well, I mean, when you're playing a concert band and you're in percussion, some, like, there's they got played 15 percussion parts, but you only got eight percussionists. So, like, someone's going to have to double or triple up. So, yeah, there would be times where I got to play the triangle. And you what were that someone? Sometimes. I mean, everyone, you, everyone basically had to learn how to play everything at some point. So, like, yeah, you got to, like, there's all sorts of, like, really crazy percussion instruments that were just the, the best to play in band. Cowbell? I mean, definitely cowbell. I had one of those on my drum set at home. I love playing cow- the cowbell. You got to learn how to play all the fun stuff. Need more cowbell. You always need, need more, more cowbell. cowbell. in this show is what we need. More cowbells. So, this is Rutledge and Hamilton. Hamilton and Strofe are live at the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844 Do you say we're live or alive? Maybe I said uh in there. <laughs> we're alive. Thanks well, for confirming. I was like, what? Both are factual. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No lies were spoken. No lies were spoken. I assume I don't see Strofe on camera right now. I assume he's alive. He is. All right. You didn't unalive him? All right. Good. Not yet. Right. <laughs> Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. We graded the Green Bay Packers. Tell us what you think. 844-770-3776. So, Matt Hamilton, Mr. Mathman. Yeah. We gave the offense a what? 2.3? 
Offense had a 2.6. Um, that was because of, let's see, that was because they had, or excuse me, offense was a 2.0. Defense was a 2.6. Overall for the Packers was 2.3. There we go. So we have, after OTAs, the group setting. This is not Rutledge's vote. The group setting, and I think for the most part we deferred uh, to you guys. The quarterback, I pushed uh, you pushed a little hard on the quarterback, and I don't necessarily 100% agree. But I, I, I agree right now it's a fair grade. Well, because also, grade. like, if, if Jordan Love goes out and throws 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, and throws for 3,000 yards or 3,500 yards and completes 64% of his passes, like, that's a C. Yeah, it's a C. But we don't know if he's going to do that, and if he gets hurt – it's a dumpster fire. We've been accounting for depth in there. So right. part of it was You're right. The depth he might be like right the, now with unproven player, give him a C minus. Now you got a dumpster fire back there. Probably right. give it a D plus, but we're rounding down on everything. So that's how I got to the, no, you're right. the the letter grade there. For the Green Bay Packers, we got them solidly average, folks. Yeah. There's room to go up. I think the this grade we're giving them is more their floor. Minus injuries. And I think, yeah, the beauty of it, like you were saying, this is the floor. We there is a I've never seen a Green Bay Packers team with more question marks ever. A long time. There, There is only, according to this, there's two position groups that we have A's at. And we were doing, there's 10 position groups in total. So, like, and, and honestly, if, if looking back at this, there's two that are A's, there's one B, and the rest are C's and D's. So, like, that it's not just that there's question marks at every spot, but we're okay everywhere. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad, arguably bad, and yeah, well, or, or or question marks or like unsure. The and that's the scary thing to go horrendous. into. The safeties could be the worst in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the wide receiving group. I'm not saying they're the worst, but they are 100% the lowest paid wide receiving group, which more often than not definitely correlates with how productive that team is. If you don't have anyone taking up a big chunk of change out of your, out of your payroll, then you probably don't have anyone really good. Well, you might have got lucky on a rookie, but they're probably a first rounder, so you're still paying them. It's just a very thin group, and... Very young group and young guys at wide receiver. Over 17 games, we can just account for injury. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you're gonna have you could have a disaster out there very quickly. And when you don't have Aaron Rodgers to cover up the disaster, now you're putting a lot on Jordan Love's plate. So everything can roll downhill. So I think we, we went back to this earlier. I kind of got to what we had talked about a long time ago, guys. That Jesse Nelson thought this was an eight to nine win team. I said I don't disagree with that barring anything remotely close to significant for injuries. If they get injured at the wrong position or the wrong player gets hurt, this could go off the rails very quickly. And I'm not talking season-long injuries. If Jordan Love misses three games, it's three losses. And if Sean Gary takes time to come back, well, that's a deeper position, so let's leave that one out. Kenny Clark misses a few games. Well, now that defensive line can be thrown all over the place. Some of these positions where you have no depth, it could be wide receiver. Watson misses three games. Now you're in dire straits. And both Watson and Dobbs missed games last year. So that's why I feel like their ceiling for this team is eight or nine wins. Their floor is probably four or five, and that's, why again, why I have them at six for the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, 
It's scary, man. It's it's not fun looking at a team that has full of question marks. And I, I just got onto that. Uh, what is it? Our our sport tracker or spot tracker for uh, uh, cap space. Spot track. Our uh, wide receiving room is brutal. The most expensive wide receiving room is actually the Denver Broncos paying their wide receiving room this season forty four million dollars. The Packers' wide receiving room is being paid $9 million. The Packers are basically hiding a rebuild in plain sight. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, just, for me, it's all about your expectations. Could everything hit and must all these young players click and everything goes great? Absolutely. But when does it ever well, what's happen? What's the ceiling then? What's the ceiling of this team if everybody clicks and is firing on all cylinders? Because when you account for injuries, I think – if everything goes positive and you just have normal run-of-the-mill injuries and normal progression, it's still probably eight or nine wins. Realistic yeah. best-case scenario. I mean, like you asked me about Chicago. I'm not going to tell you, oh, well, Justin Fields could turn into an all-pro and then they can win 13 games. Sure. And picks might fly. But I would. the most likely scenario is Fields has incremental growth because they've added players offensively and defensively. The Bears win some of those games that they were 1-7 and seven in last year as far as tight ball games. And they're a team that goes somewhere between six and nine wins. Just a different way to get there than Green Bay. That would be doubling their wins uh, if you're Chicago. But you, So that's why I say for Green Bay, I just take the most realistic window is six to nine wins. Yeah. I think they fall in there. Nine if things go really well for them. Six if they go bad. Because, again, this season for the Packers specifically, it's not about wins. They got rid of their kicker. They they've, don't have any veteran wide receivers. They don't have a veteran quarterback in the room. They have no depth behind Jordan Love. So they're not trying to win games in the margin. So either they're going to win games handily or they're going to get smoked. Like the in-betweens, I don't know how many in-between games they're going to be because they're not built to win those in-between yeah. games. So as far as in-between tight ball game wins, I could see the Packers being like 1-6 in, in close games and have five wins. You'd be like, well, they're 1-6. So going into the following year, a ton of ex- – like I think we're going to be talking this time next year very excited about the future of the Packers. I think this year is just a weird purgatory for Packers. It is. It's going to be an uh, ugly season. The question is, how ugly is it? Does it turn into so ugly that there's the silver lining of a high draft pick? Or is it not ugly enough that it turns into like a middle round draft pick? And which scenario ends up being worse for the Packers? I think it's all about... I get you were talking about there because wins matter and the fact of where you're picking, but it's really about... Everyone in the eye test, right? So if Jordan Love passes the eye test, and we get a, and we just happen to lose those tight games, and we end up getting a high pick, maybe tr- do what the Bears did. You trade it away for if you have confidence it, with it Jordan would be Love. Different because the Bears they weren't looking Caleb Williams in the face. A lot of questions <laughs> marks about these guys. Drake That's May's true. another guy. A lot of question marks about these quarterbacks. So you think the Bears keep that first round pick overall if the if it was Caleb Williams who's coming out this year? I think they take a tougher look at it. They were open about it. They said that, like, hey, we're going to evaluate Justin Fields and evaluate these quarterbacks and then go with the quarterback we think is the best one. And they went with Justin Fields. If it was, I don't know what would have happened if it was Caleb Williams, but there might have been a little bit longer pause. Right. All right, we're going to throw some stones next. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
more cowbell. Need 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 more cowbell. Matt, oh give me your gosh. best Christopher Walken. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Strophy. There's no need more cowbell. There's no difference between me and you. What Except when I Super put Mario on pants, brother. I win gold medals. It's me, Mario. There's no difference between me and you. Okay, it was, it was I have a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. Need more cowbell. <laughs> Sounded like Dracula. But. Yeah, neither of us uh, are getting, winning any uh, impersonation awards, that's for sure. Strofe. What do you want from me? Christopher Walken? Get, yeah, you gotta give it to us. I don't really have a good Christopher Walken. No, neither do we. He's got Super Mario Brother. I got Dracula. Jim, so. there's, there's a no different. <laughs> <laughs> He's got more Italian That's than That's a spicy meatball. Oh, oh man. It's Honestly, stuck in my head now. when I think of Christopher Walken, there is a video where they do, it's uh, Lady Gaga's poker face, but Need it's just bell. like spoken by Christopher Walken, and it's hilarious. I, it, like I can't, you can't get it out of your head once you like start thinking about it. So once you brought up Christopher Walken, I just, oh, poker face. Need more cowbell. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. We're getting the stones in a minute, but go ahead and text in what what do you most associate with Christopher Walker? Walken. Walken? Christopher Walken. Is it the uh, cowbell scene from SNL? Is it? Um, He's the dad in Catch Me If You Can. He's also he, the uh, the dad of the the parents in um, Wedding Crashers. You're right. He's the he's the agent, I think, or no? What he has a role in Wayne's World, I believe. Excellent. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're about to throw some stones. That's Alex, take it away. The answers to go. everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. More so it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Need more cowbell. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton each and every day. Scour the interwebs to figure out what the heck has happened in the last 24. I've got questions. Jim and Matt like to think they have answers. We'll score them throughout. And at the end, we'll crown a winner of Friday's edition of Throwing Stones. Fellas, uh, I didn't feel like working that much today, so I'm going to steal this one from Jesse Nelson, producer of Wilde and Tausch. He asked his host this this morning. They did a horrible job answering what I thought was actually a pretty good question. So I'm going to give it to you two instead. It was announced yesterday that Wisconsin and Virginia men's basketball will face each other in a uh, in a, a holiday tournament later this year, uh, this upcoming season. Two of the biggest defensive teams ever, obviously Tony Bennett, the head coach of Virginia, the son of Dick Bennett, former Wisconsin head coach. Slow down, Dick. Jesse. That's what he calls himself. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good nickname. It's a good good life lesson as well. Um, <laughs> you think you're so funny? I am. <laughs> I am funny. Uh, Jim, fill in the blank. The first team to do blank will win that game. (laughs) Score 60 points. I don't think either of them will is the issue. Score 50 points. Score a two-point basket. (laughs) Put the ball through the peach basket like Mr. Naismith 
intended. <laughs> One time per game. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? There is not going to be – it's not going to be – one thing that this Badger team can do. If the Badger team can move the ball around and create open shots with passing where it seems like in the past you had Chucky Hepburn trying to put the team on his shoulders or something like that, you need to see a selfless Badger team. And if they go out there and play selflessly, the Badgers are going to be creating open shots for themselves. We'll see if they get knocked out. Mr. College basketball with some real analysis there. (laughs) Who's your favorite recruit? Ah, there's so many. Probably, probably Gus Bus, but there's a lot of them. And his name is. I mean, I just go. I gotta be honest, Jim. I don't even know his his last name. His last name is Yalden. Gus Yalden. Gus Yalden. Yeah, yeah. Had to think about it for a second. Point to me. Nailed it. Good job, Strofe. Thanks, guys. Barry Alvarez, the Don of Wisconsin Athletics, last night on the Great Day in Huddle with me, Brad Norton, and Derek Angler talked about his excitement for Luke Fickle in the hype around the program. I think it's good. I think uh, our, our people like the excitement. They like the energy within the program. You know, the fact that Luke had some players from Cincinnati. Now, look at some of the players that last year were drafted and went in as, and, and, and were effective in the NFL from Cincinnati as, as true rookies. So his Cincinnati players, the transfers that are coming in, the recruiting class, I think they went out and really hit it hard. It's a very aggressive staff. Um, I'm excited. I you know I wasn't in town uh, for the spring game, so I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a practice. A lot of new players. Uh, I, I've known Luke a long time, and and what he did at Cincinnati is big time. That. Barry Alvarez, former head coach and athletic director of the University of Wisconsin. Jim, obviously we all know about the excitement. We all know about the hype. But to hear from the man himself is, uh, in Barry Alvarez is one thing. What's your reaction to Barry? It's affirming. It's also great to hear Barry. I always love to hear him talk, hear his thoughts on things. He's obviously still putting in work, doing some research. It's really good information about the players from Cincinnati in the NFL. Uh, Cincinnati's probably been better over the last few years. Is putting top-tier players in the NFL, especially at the skill position. So, And don't sleep on the fact that I don't know if Barry was involved or not, but Barry knows Fickle, as he alluded to, whether it was coaching against them uh, as a player or uh, obviously as an AD, Fickle was coaching a year there as well at Ohio State. I think Barry, rightfully so, should be very excited about Luke, what Luke Fickle brings. I think he's a modern-day version of that type of coach of Barry Alvarez, that CEO who's going to be in charge of raising funds, getting players, and hiring really smart people to do all the football things. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I am I have not done a whole ton of background stuff into Luke Fickle. We know what he did at Cincinnati. We know he was a part of uh, Ohio State and that uh, championship team under Urban Meyer, but we don't necessarily know what exactly – uh, he's done outside of this recruiting thing, but to hear a guy like Barry Alvarez be super excited about it is getting me excited because Barry is wants nothing more than the Wisconsin to thrive. And when you hear him saying like Luke's the real deal and things like that, it it gets me excited because when when Barry's pumped about football, he knows what the heck he's talking about. How about this? Fi- oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. Can we just? Matt, you probably should at least know that at Cincinnati, he got the first non-Power 5 conference in the yeah, yeah, playoff. I, I know that, and that's, okay. what, that's what I mean. It's okay. just like I don't know necessarily a lot of the X's and O's and like Luke Stickle, Fickle's style of offense and how he likes to like 
interact with players or things like that. But when you have a guy like Barry Alvarez giving his glowing uh, accommodate or recommendation of this guy, that gets me excited about Luke Fickle. Called it a home run hire at the time. Doubled down last night on the Great Dane Huddle. You can find that full interview wherever you get your podcast. Just search Great Dane Huddle. Well-hosted podcast, too, might I add. Uh, radio show and podcast, but thanks, by the way. Appreciate that. <laughs> not, not just a podcast. Let's let's give, give me some respect, would you? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Not just, podcasts are popular. Not just a podcast. Never just a podcast. Yeah, don't sell yourself short, bud. But he is on the air. He was at Gilda's Club last night. Uh, with Barry Alvarez and Tar- or Derek Engler and Brad Norman. So. Such a great event as well. I've never actually met Barry Alvarez. He seems like a super nice guy. He's a super nice dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I can I can confirm. All right. Uh, Ecuadorian pilot had a little bit of an incident. A ginormous bird smashed through the windshield of the plane he was flying, and the guy kept his cool and safely landed the plane with the dead bird like laying on his lap. Um, Wild. I don't even know what the question is here. I'm going to be honest. I just saw this and wanted to ask you about scary bird encounters. Well, he sounds like as cool as I am when I tried to park the camper. I couldn't get it done. Like, I wasn't getting phased. I was getting that camper in the campsite. <laughs> yeah, very equal right here. Cutting down trees, uh, everyone freaking out around me. I would get. I got that in there. Here's the thing with the bird. Um, my dog loves to attack birds and sometimes she wins so that's not great so that's my encounters with birds is that i really getting tired they need to stay out of the yard because dolly's too quick so that's my advice to any birds listening stay out of the rutledge yard <laughs> um as for scary bird stories i ha- when i was a kid i was definitely chased by a goose when i was feeding the ducks and stuff and that was not fun definitely nipped my bottom a couple times and i was running away uh but as for the, the flying thing, I don't know what kind of plane this was. I imagine it doesn't really matter. It's super scary. But I've been up in like a little two-seater like Cessna before. They, it is freaky. Now, you do feel confident because it is a small, light plane that, you know, you lose the windshield. Like, you can fly around with the window open. You're not, like, getting blasted by, like, 400-mile-an-hour winds. You're only going about 100 miles an hour. But it's... It's the real deal when you're up in the air like that. It is super scary. So this guy keeping his cool with a dead bird in his lap, super impressive. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you what. Last night at Gilda's Club, our market manager, Tom, he is apparently like seriously afraid of birds. There was a bird that swooped past us probably 10 feet above us, and he like ducked and ran out of the way. I'd never seen anybody react to birds like that. Have you ever been attacked by one of those red-winged blackbirds? I have never. Jimmy, those what's things up? are so territorial. Like I've gone fishing a couple times, and you're like down by the river at bed, like kind of in their nest area, and they will swoop at you until you like leave the area. It, it, they are like very territorial, scary birds for me. I, uh, I, I don't know the phobia, but my nana had that phobia. She grew up on a farm. Her brothers, when she was younger, used to put her uh, in with chickens. And she got packed, and she oh, she would. There's birds nearby. She is up and away. I mean, not that she passed, but she was unquestionably terrified of birds. Wow. Like, well, like, I mean, that's torturous. So right. I'm gonna throw them in the chicken coop. That'd right. Be mean, what I mean, though. but that's where it came from. But she was birds would trigger her. She was terrified. It was definitely a phobia. I'm not sure if DJ Khaled has need more cowbell. More cowbell. But Jim Rutledge, our winner today of throwing stones. Send me to the week and a winner, Matt Hamilton. You tried so hard with your Badger basketball takes. I do give you a lot of crowd on that. I give you a lot. Of tried hard. I just call as I see it, Jimmy. Gus Bus, big recruit. Uh, JJ and Ponette chimed in with, uh, please call in and give us your uh, Christopher Walken 
uh, impersonations as whenever it's an open mic for you there, JJ, to do that. Uh, Fat Boy Slim from uh, Drew Madison was his most memorable. A Christopher Walken movie or moment in pop culture, the movie Dead Zone, which I heard was really good. Christopher Walken definitely stars in that one. And then Tim in Oregon wants to ask you, Matt, you've never watched a Cincinnati football game over the last few years when uh, Luke Fickle was. Don't, don't call it. Don't be calling this man out. Let Tim, me, I mean, Tim, Tim, not Jim in Oregon. Tim in Oregon. <laughs> well, I think both the Oregon boys are are ganging yeah, up on my guy I, right now. I did watch some of that national championship game, but that's the only game I did watch. And I was honestly, I was pulling hard for Cincinnati. Big fan of the underdog win there, but it obviously didn't work out. <laughs> no way. Oh man, they weren't in the national championship game. Oh, that's right. They lost. The, they lost the game before. Who was? Who did they lose to? Alabama? No, it was Alabama. You were just saying things. This is good, guys. This no, no, they lost. They lost the cha- the semifinal. You're right. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Come on, swing. Shout out to the Oregon-Wisconsin girls soccer team. They will play for the WIAA state championship against uh, number two seed Whitefish Bay on Saturday. Bittersweet for me, uh, guys, because they knocked out uh, Cedarburg yesterday to move on to the uh, championship. I don't believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're pushing maybe three years since Oregon's girls girls soccer team has lost ever. Yeah, they're very good. So, uh, shout out to them. Good luck to them at State because, I mean, that is pretty high-level performance there from uh, the girls' team here in Oregon, Wisconsin. And I saw the signage on my way in and out of town the last few days, and I wanted to give them a shout-out. Matt, they will be playing in a championship game. So, that'll be good. Unlike Cincinnati. Yeah, that was uh, definitely... Definitely an error on my part. They lost to Alabama in the Cotton Bowl, which was the semifinal game, which is, yeah. I, I'm not, I, it's not that I did believe you. I just I said Alabama, and then I started second-guessing myself, so I was at least trying to see if I at least had the right, uh, the right game in my head that I was thinking of. It's all good, Matt. We, we're not expecting you to be an aficionado on uh, Cincinnati football. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Thanks, Jim. Well, well, let me ask you a question before we get to Robin Madison. What former Cincinnati uh, quarterback is now a quarterback in the NFL? Um, Stroff, do you know the answer to this? I do know the answer, yes. Should- he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Starting quarterback. Um, I'm, this is going to be a guess. Uh, I don't know. Derek, no, here's Fresno. I don't. I literally come on. You got to take a guess. Uh, Jared Goff. Strofe. It's Desmond Ritter. Yep. Robin. Oh, he is a starter now, isn't he? Robin Madison. uh, What's on your mind? You know, I caught up to the show pretty late, and you guys are talking airplanes and attacking birds and Christopher Walken. I'm like, what am I missing today? <laughs> it was. So, a, we even talked sports earlier, but yeah, you're missing out the last half an hour. I, yeah, I've been busy with just crap. <laughs> so I got multiple. I got multiple bird stories, but my favorite one first is I'm a teenager and I'm working with family. 
and one of my family members is dating a chick I just could not stand. And uh, I knew there was an aggressive blue jay in our home lawn. So I'm watching it all happen. At first, it swoops at her head. I said, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. You better take a closer look. She goes up, and this blue jay just goes after her. At her head, rips off her glasses. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> I wish I had the blue jay. The other one, I got attacked by turkeys on the west side of Madison while snow plowing and shoveling. These things would attack your plow, your salter. At one point, one was chasing me. I threw a shovel at it to get back in my truck. <laughs> you got to look uh, out so, for those, yep. uh, a gaggle of turkeys. The Blue Jay one was, that made my teenage years right there, though. I could see uh, that. Thank you. I can see Matt is very chuffed at your use of gaggle of turkeys. <laughs> You're waiting for someone to pat you on the back for it, so I'll, I'll give you the pat on the back. Thank you, Jimmy. On your case for the Cincinnati. Stuff, Real quick, so. as always, Robin Madison brings the juice on his phone calls. I love <laughs> when he. I love when yeah, he calls for sure. Absolutely, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six is how you get into the show. I know that Matt Hamilton loves when he calls on Olson Tune to come out to his yard. Yes, I do. And the fortunate part when Olsen Toon comes out to look at my yard, I don't have any attack Blue Jays going for uh, Aaron Olsen when he's telling me what I need to do to the front yard. When I'm looking for experts in the field at that outdoor home living and design groups, I look no further than Olsen Toon for the past... 50 years of combined experience in their design and management teams. Uh, they have become one of Wisconsin's premier design and build landscaping and outdoor living firms. From landscaping to maintenance, irrigation to concrete work, pools and more, if you have an outdoor living need, large or small, Olsen Toon is here to help. They're coming to my place. I'm going to get a new little garden bed set up with some crushed stone and some raised garden beds. They can do all sorts of things. They can help you out too. You can go to OlsenToon.com to get started on your next home project or business project today that's olsontune.com matt do you think the beginning of the end for aaron Rodgers uh with the green bay packers is when he couldn't chug the beer at the bucks game <laughs> i uh, asked that question because there's a i think the original question has over like one billion views which is a crazy amount of people on the internet you reached on one post but it was basically what's a historic battle that pops to your head immediately uh, without Googling, a lot of people put up basically a picture of Rodgers with the beer and him not being able to chug it. Do you think that was the beginning of the end? That's pretty good. I do remember trying to capitalize on the moment and uh, chugging a beer myself. I was guest bartending for Line of Kugels down at uh, State Street Bratz, and I remember chugging one of the delicious Line of Kugels mixed beer, uh, beer mixology cocktails down there and i was able to do it a lot faster than uh acr so yeah that might have been the beginning of the end it was definitely not a good look you were you would but we've all been there right you you know when you get like that first you get a beer like fresh out of the cooler and someone's like you want to chug it you think that look pfizer forum no but you like you know that experience where the beer is just too cold that's not the case here i mean pfizer forum but they serve them a pretty good temp you can start drinking that right away yeah, I'm, I'm not defending Aaron Rodgers, but we've all been to that situation where you go to chug a beer and it's too cold, right? Like, uh, yes, but here's the thing: I would say you just gotta. He doesn't know his strengths. I am not. I'm not <laughs> a big like. I'm not big at chugging a beer. I just wouldn't. Just don't do it, Aaron. Again, it goes back to like a little bit of a phony. Like just own it. Like I can't. 
Like, that's Bakhtiari. That's my guy, Bakhtiari. Like, just give the beer to him. Let him chug another one. Yeah. Like, you know what I, Like, that was it. It's more of the, Aaron, just own it. I think the funniest part was that, like, then there was, like, this little all over sports for, like, two yeah. weeks was every other quarterback chugging beers left and right. It was pretty good. You know who's great at it? I've seen him not as Knox against Aaron Rodgers as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, he loves the best beer out there. Yes. Coors Light. Have you seen his new commercial with the Coors uh, Bear instead of beer? Because they did the Coors Light with the yeah, light. Yeah, the flashlight. Yeah, now it's a Coors Bear. Nice. So, yeah, they are, are leaning into it. But, Strofe, do you think that was the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers uh, when he couldn't chug that beer, like some of his magic in Green Bay? Honestly? Uh, no, because he won two MVPs <laughs> after that. But um, it, it was close. It was well, close. Strofe, the beginning of the end up. undoubtedly is the Jordan Love Yeah, this, And, this and was then he this. won two more MVPs. This was before this. No, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're this wrong. Was, this was pretty it's like the love, of, not the talent, but the love affair that fans had with him. Like that was for the first, sure. like for sure, little red flag. See, there little, you go. There you go. The quarterback can't. <laughs> quarterback can't chug a beer. What, one, one of his first red flags that was revealed is the fact he can't chug a beer in Wisconsin. You're right. <laughs> how many beers, Matt Hamilton? And you can chime in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Tell me how many. Like how many could you chug in a row? Like or if you're doing a, like a beer bong sort of thing. Oh, no more than two. Yeah, for me. two maximum. Yeah, saying, I'm, look, I am. I will own it. I am horrendous at it. There's a little bit of a skill to it. It's not like I'm not a beer chugger. So like right. any of that. So I'm not judging it. I just wouldn't have done it. Yeah, Two for sure. There's a couple times, and again, I, I'm not. I don't me- mean to be just giving out free pops right now, uh, but there was a there was a time there where me and some friends would often go to the Essen House and share a boot, and every once in a while. We played this game where you'd had to, like, if you were going to finish it, you had to call it. And there was times where I'd call it with, like, the entire bottom of the boot left, like the shoe part. Oh, man. And you just totally misjudge how much beer is actually left. But you got to keep going. You yeah. call it. You can't put the boot down at I'll, that point. I'll, I'll tell you what. As the American order Toby Keith once said, I ain't as good as I once was. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that, you, thing that you drank out of? 844-770-3776. Like, the boot, the mallards, don't they have something fun going on right now? There's a a sixty-four ounce or sixty-seven ounce boot, which is like six beers. Uh, six beers. They got the fish bowl, I guess I've it's not a beer a, out of, but I've like, been to a handful of curling tournaments where you could buy a curling stone that had a cup in it. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. The gnarliest thing I ever drank is I had a shot of tequila in uh at Nacho Daddy's in Las Vegas, and they had a like a pickled or like tequila killed scorpion on it so I, you eat the scorpion and then do the shot of tequila and that was probably the gnarliest gnarliest like drink i've ever done 844-770-3776 uh i'm with daniel on this he's not a chugger can't open his throat like that it's not my <laughs> skill set um fat rosies in uh i think it's like a chain i know there's a couple in the illinois area they do tequila flights and they bring them out on a big plane but i'd never seen a tequila flight anywhere so it's multiple types of tequila but tequila has gotten more and more popular and I, I it didn't surprise me when i saw it but i thought yeah. wow that's um that's pretty uh that's pretty unique yeah i mean the thing uh, they start barrel aging everything now and it just changes flavors of everything I, don't even get me going on like on yeho right now summertime tequila is the hard alcohol of choice all right this is Rutledge and hamilton presented by cruise light you're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light, a finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at channel3000.com. People really like this show. Think about it. There must be a higher love. 
Madison chimes in, played college rugby. And if you know anything about that, we like to drink. Worst beer mug for him was a muddy, sweaty cleat. After I've heard a of that. Wet Saturday morning game. Oh, I've heard of doing an actual boot. Coors Light plus uh, foot sweat, still better than any IPA. Huh? And yeah. he also likes, uh, I'll give the credit to my, my wife on this. He gave a shout out to the decorations here at the Rollage House. <laughs> the design work. That was all you, right, Jim? It would be uh, my wife and our good friends at Edge Construction. Oh, They're wow. The ones that changed out all the trim throughout the entire house, uh, from the fruitwood to the nice white trim and doors we have throughout our entire house here. Mr. Michael Jordan. Uh, last I, I looked it up here, and in April of 2023, it was listed that he is worth $2.2 billion, but he just sold the Hornets for $3 billion. Oh. It became personal with me. He has got to be, right, the most successful. I mean, I know it's not Arnold Palmer money, but like, I feel like he's the most <laughs> successful uh, athlete ever as far as making money. Oh, I mean, the Jordan brand shoes alone feel like you would put him up there. And then you go ahead and get into all the other things. Like, he's got his own golf course that he owns called The Grove. And it is apparently one of the nicest most high-end golf courses you've ever been to they have exclusive like jordan brand golf shoes only sold at the grove like it, it the guy's definitely well diversified so good for him for capitalizing on his moment yeah the jordans never stop and if you watch the movie air you can thank his mom for the jordan money that will never go away for him and so uh then you have you know gatorade endorser a lot of other things here so shout out to the goat because whoo Another GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. Guys, what, I love trash talk, and I like it. Uh, I guess it's probably a little bit uh, on the actual person doing it, but if either one of you follow along with the trash talk between Patrick Mahomes and Jamar Chase? <laughs> no. No, I haven't seen this at all. So on social media about 17 hours ago, Patrick Mahomes put up a tweet. is a photo of him dressed to the nines with his fingers up holding up two Super Bowl rings in his hand, like they're on his fingers, and he has that's who with two rings in there. Because Jamar Chase was asked about Patrick Mahomes the other day, and he says Patrick who? So I love that Patrick Mahomes comes back out and has a little trash talk there. Because realistically, in the NFL, guys, it's what the Bengals and the Bills and maybe the Eagles is the three most likely teams to knock off the Chiefs as far as champs. Say those three again. Uh, I'll go Eagles, Bills, and the Bengals. Bengals. I mean, I think you're leaving out the New York football Jets led by Sir Aaron Charles <laughs> Rodgers. But, you know, other than that. No, I, I would say those three, you could probably throw San Francisco in there as well as long as they figure out that quarterback situation. But, oh, is that all? Well, I mean, look, Jimmy, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I you could shrug saying. it off, but let's remember who they had win eight games in a row last year, the, the very last pick in last year's draft. So they seem to be able to make it work with whoever's under center. It's just a matter if who's healthy, right? Trey Lance yeah. or Brock Purdy or whoever. But I think if they got to the Super Bowl, they would lose. Like, I think that you're right. So they'd be in the mix. I just don't see a team with – we saw it once before, 49 with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. They just run out of gas. Yeah. When you have that uh, – and Matt points this out regularly, I think a team with a non – great quarterback can get to the Super Bowl, but to be able to win it, again, we saw it Jalen Hurts. you got to be hoping you're not playing an elite quarterback. you got to hope you're also playing a very good quarterback in that Super Bowl. Yes, uh, or the elite guy 
chokes, and we haven't seen Mahomes ever do that at the biggest stage. So uh, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of fun. I love the trash talking going into the weekend. I think it's good, fun trash talking. I love that the, the Bears are talking a little trash. I hope the Packers talk it back. I hope Minnesota, Detroit. I like the trash talking here. Uh, one last thing here, guys, before we go to the weekend, 844-770-3776. We have time before the, uh, the NBA draft on Thursday, and you can hear that here on ESPN Madison. But what are we, th- what are we thinking? The Bucks going to keep their big three, or do you think one of them gets moved out? I've heard, I've read rumors. It's just they heard. I'm not Eric Name. Eric Name's the one that's hearing and, and reporting uh, news. But I've read that the Bucks have been kicking the tires on trying to move into the first round to get a first round pick, and I've also read that they have been uh, trying to maybe get Bradley Beal. You know, I'm all for this new coach kind of coming in and trying to make a splash, put his fingerprints on this team a little bit. Um, I, I think business as usual gives you like a one, maybe two-year window, and mixing it up, which you should want to do with a guy like Giannis and you want to keep him happy, that if you hit, that could give you another four-year window maybe more with a guy like Giannis. So I think this new coach is going to try and make this team his own and do something, whether it's get a first-round pick, go get a player. But I I would not be surprised if our big three, uh, this was the last season we saw them. Strofe? Uh, I think they keep them intact, honestly. I I think they run it back. Now, how do they get there is the question, but I think they run it back. I mean, they're going to run it back if they can't acquire, like, make this trade happen. That's the big problem the Bucks have. I think they would love to make this happen. It's just something that is going to be tricky to do with, you know, three older veterans and an untradeable in Giannis. I hate to bump people out, but if they do try to get into the first round, Bobby Portis is a guy that could be moving for that first I round. I think you're right. Yeah. But, but they, they need to get younger. Business is business. That's done for the day. He's I'm just, just he's checked out. He's just throwing well, good, out. Good random news is he, get, he gets a three day weekend. Matt, don't forget to sh- uh, shoot your post uh, show video. Just uh, set it on the air here. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Enjoy Happy the weekend. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by the People's Beer, Coors Light.